Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. The Stull Community of Faith Church is located where we like to say Topeka and Lawrence meet at 1596 East 250 Road, Lecompton, Kansas. We invite you to join us as we worship each Sunday at 11 o'clock a.m. We are currently seeking a pastor to lead our church family. So may you be blessed as we welcome today's guest speaker, Rob Harris, lay speaker from Warden Cornerstone Church. It is a joy to be with you this morning. Um, I will tell you this, though. Warden sent the best the first time, Amy. I will not be able to match what she's been able to to, uh, bring to you guys. Um, I've been in the community for, oh, about 40 years. Uh, Me and my wife celebrate our 40th anniversary this fall. She dug me out of the ditch and decided she could probably, with God's help, save me. And and, uh, so I've been in here 40 years, been at Warden 40 years, um, had a variety of positions there. I'm currently Sunday school teacher and one of the elders in our reconstruction. Um, We obviously disaffiliated like you guys have. And the restructure takes... A lot of time it takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of patience and prayer so I encourage you to um, be faithful to God in your prayers I, I remember and I said this earlier to I think Mary that um, during that time I would wake up in the middle of the night and just feel called to pray I mean I almost couldn't get it off my mind trying to find our pastor um, but since we've disaffiliated and I'm sure you're seeing this possibly already is there is a great freedom and being independent and not having to uh, tie yourself with something that uh, maybe you didn't fully agree with. So uh, continue to pray for your pastor. I'll continue to pray. Our church has been really faithful. Our uh, four of us meet, John Heckathorn is gonna speak next week, me and myself and, I mean myself, Amy and pastor pray over the church every morning and you guys are in our prayers frequently. So I encourage you to stay unified. I encourage you to stay prayerful. And I promise you, God will faithfully answer your prayer. I am not a pastor. I'm Rob. I am very poorly educated. I am very simple. Um, But I have spoken at our church a few times. Uh, Again, Amy in our prayer group asked uh, for a couple of us to volunteer. My hand did not go up, I confess. (laughs) If I can do this, anybody in here can do this. Um, but in that, I, Amy also has the ability to never let you say no. So I'm here. Let's start with prayer. Father God, I am, <clears throat> excuse me, I am nervous. And I'm nervous because I only know about half these people. But it doesn't matter because I know we are all in Christ. We are in the body of Christ. And Father, I just pray this morning that you calm my heart, make my words clear, steady my legs. And Father, I just pray that today I can truly be an encouragement to this body of believers. And then with that encouragement, there may be a challenge in here. And if there is, that comes from God and from the Holy Spirit. I'm not convicting anybody of anything. I just want to share and encourage. Bless our time together, Lord, and I just thank you for this opportunity to share. In the name of Jesus, amen. 
The message I've decided to share this morning is the message that um, I shared with our own congregation after we had disaffiliated. Good morning, Sharon. <laughs> and um, like I said, a few of us had been asked to uh, be in a rotation to fill the pulpit uh, in our, while we were seeking our pastor. And I felt at that time we re- I really needed to encourage the congregation because, as you guys know, this is a lot of work. It's a lot of responsibilities. The very thing I complained about with the appointment of pastors, which I never enjoyed that, is the one thing I almost was coveting because now it was up to us to, as Mark said, be the employer. You guys have to go through all the resumes. You have to do all the uh, interviews and, and seek your own pastor. And it, it is uh, it's a lot of work. So uh, continue to be diligent in doing that. So anyway, I, I feel like we need to encourage. And um, I also, during that time, we were having a bit of a trouble, um, struggle to fill certain positions that uh, nursery and different positions, people just didn't seem to want to serve very good. So I don't know how it is here because obviously I've never attended here. A part of this service that's tailored to Ward, like I said, I've spoke this before, may apply to you, may not. So um, we'll see how it goes. But today I have one goal. And my goal is the title of my sermon. It says, You Are Vital. I hope each and every one of you know that. It takes your gifts, your talents, your energy, your time to make this happen. And so I hope at the end of this, you are encouraged by that. So I pray every, I, today my goal is I pray that every single person here today understands how incredibly important you are to the health, the life, and mission of your local church here at Stahl. The church needs you, and it needs your God-given gifts. My scripture and the kids' message, and I believe somebody was talking earlier about, we're going to talk a lot about body parts. And, and Paul's in the scripture that Paul writes to the churches, he is talking about the human body and likens it to the church. Our body is an amazing and complex thing. It's made up of approximately 32 trillion cells. And the, cell com- the cells combine to make organs, and they all come together to give the body life. We have the heart pumping. We have the lungs supplying oxygen, the organs filtering, the blood circulating, the nerve stimulating, again, all working together to make our bodies a healthy, functioning unit. If we just consider our hands, 54 bones, 27 in each hand, that allow us to type 100 words a minute. Well, that's old school. Text 100 words a minute. Um, And when our body parts don't function well, we become handicapped. We become sick. We can become lethargic. We can become ineffective. And so it is with the church. In our scripture this morning, Paul's writing to the churches to encourage them in using their gifts for the health of the church. And Paul compares the human body and all its different parts to the church with its different members and parts. The text I've selected today is, uh, the first one I'll read will be 1 Corinthians 12, um, verses 12 through 26. If you'd like to follow me in your Bibles. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. And so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, 
and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, but because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the body and the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts will have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And the second passage passage is Romans, also in chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. Just as each of us has one body with many members, all these members do not have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. The first point I'd like to make in this passage, the passage I've read, in Corinthians, I'll just read a small part of it again. I'm just going to, I shouldn't apologize, I guess. This, this theme will be redundant. You're going to hear a lot of what I say repeated, 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 because I want to uh, make sure that I make points here. But 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greek, slave or free, we were all given the same spirit to drink. We know that the one spirit is God's spirit, his Holy Spirit. And when we accept Jesus as our personal savior, we understand that the Holy Spirit indwells within us and we're baptized by this spirit into the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is the church, right? Not this building, this building is not the church. We know that the church is the body of Christ and each and every one of us make this make a part of that body. Collectively, we are the church. And because we're born of one spirit and into one body, we are united with Christians all over the world because it's still the same one spirit. And we become a part of God's universal church and we're unified by this one spirit. And the passage tells us that we come from a variety of backgrounds. 
Maybe in today's language, instead of Jews or Greeks, slave or free, it's um, whether you're white or black, rich or poor, young or old, farmer or accountant, police officer or formal criminal. We are all equal in God's sight. Despite our differences, we have one thing in common, and that's be, that is the fact that we've all put our faith in Christ, and Christ gave his life for all. So point one, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, makes us a part of being in the body of Christ. The second point, which we can't overlook, is we're different. We all have different gifts. In Romans 12, 6, Paul says we have different gifts. He, he throws it out there. In this room right now, and honestly, I don't know all of you, obviously, but I know, I'm confident, there's a diversity of gifts in this room. And these gifts are God-given, like I said earlier. So God's given us, each and every one of you, a different gift, talent, and skill. And in this diversity that makes us, makes us all unique in making up the body of Christ, Sorry, it is in this diversity that makes us unique in making up the body of Christ here at Stoll. And we become a functioning body when we use these different gifts together for the good of the church. So let's see what Paul tells the church in Rome about gifts, Romans 12, 6 through 8. Now, I read a little bit more than that earlier, but I want to concentrate on this. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him prophesy. Let him Use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. And if it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. And if it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. It's extremely difficult to be gifted in all these areas. And, and this list Paul's compiled is a lot of the gifts. I don't think it's completely inclusive of everything, but it, it does list obviously a lot of them. But we'll never be gifted probably in all these, on all these areas. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try and put effort into each one of them. Just because we don't have the gift of mercy, that doesn't mean we aren't supposed to be merciful. Mercy is not my strong suit. It's obviously one of my weaknesses. And when our, children's, our children got banged up growing up, they always ran to my wife, Marlene, because she definitely was more merciful than I was. If our gift is encouraging, that doesn't mean we aren't supposed to encourage. If I, I, believe, I believe we can be good at a lot of these gifts that he's listed with God's help. We can be good with a lot of these gifts. However, it takes each and every one of these gifts to make the church function and function well. And again, each and every gift is needed and they're all equally important. So point number two is we're all different and we have different gifts. The third point I'd like to make is the body needs you. And I told you earlier, I hope you leave here knowing you are vital. No matter how insignificant you think your gift might be or whatever, you are vital. Each and every one here is vital. So point number three, the body needs you. In 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 20, now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. The foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? 
But in fact, God has arranged the bodies, the parts in the body, everyone just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Every part of the body is needed. I'm going to keep saying this over and over to make sure you guys understand and believe that. And no one part is more uh, important than the others. Every part of the body is important, and every part of the body has a purpose. Here's an example in my own body. I don't think about my intestines very often until something goes wrong. About 30 years ago, four, uh, four couples uh, from our church, oh, we were young. Anyway, we went, we went out to eat in Kansas City at some cut-up Japanese steakhouse. Had a great meal. Went down the road and had some ice cream. And, and we're sitting there, and one of my buddies says, here, hold this for me. And he was gone for a while, quite a while. And when he come back, he says, we need to hurry home fast. Like, well, what's going on? He goes, I think I've gotten poisoned or something. He goes, I'm, my stomach's not right. Well, before we got home, seven of the eight had stomach issues. And um, so my point with that is if you ignore and overlook what we would consider maybe lesser parts, it may scream for attention. <laughs> every single part, every single part of the body has a purpose, which means every single person here has a purpose. And there shouldn't be anyone that feels they have nothing to offer. Like I said earlier, we need everybody. The church needs all your help. If you aren't sure what your gift is, I challenge you to do this. Pray to God. Ask God, God, what's my gift? If you're not sure, mine isn't preaching. I can guarantee you that. But whatever your gift is, if you're not sure of what it is, I mean, ask God to reveal that to you. Maybe we feel like our gifts and talents aren't as important as, as, important as others. Roger Dressler, many of you may know, is our custodian and maintenance man. Great guy. But if we were all like Roger, the church would be clean. The church would be in good maintenance and working order. And there'd be plenty of conversation if you know Roger. <laughs> He's a talker. But how would the piano get played? Who would manage the soundboard? Who would teach the little children? Who would preach? It takes each member. It takes each one of us with our unique gifts, talents, and skills to operate the church effectively and efficiently. That's why each, that's why each one of us serving with the gifts we have is vital to our church. Hope you guys are understanding. You guys are vital. God has given each of you gifts and talents that you have. And we shouldn't second-guess God with what our gifts are and how we can use them in the church. And let me make this clear. The reason for the gifts that we're given aren't for, it isn't for my benefit. It's not for your personal benefit. It's for the benefit of the people in the church. And more importantly, the people outside this church that we need to connect with. Okay? So the benefit is for those outside. There are, they are for the, uh, uh, sorry, and First Peter 4.10 tells us that. It says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. We use our gifts to build up, or the churchy word is edify, to build up the body of Christ, which is the church. Hopefully, and I'm always brief, hopefully I've made this clear, that God is the one who gives us each our unique gifts. And you understand that you and your gifts are vital to the success of the church. 
I'm not sure how you guys structure your membership here, but ours was always based around the United Methodist liturgy and the hymnal. So let, let, let's refresh what that looked like. We committed to certain things in, in that liturgy. I want to just refresh our minds a touch. And when we joined the local church, and when we we're talking about membership here, when we joined the local church, we made a vow to, quote, be loyal to the church and do all in our strength, all in our power to strengthen its ministries. Another thing we said we would do, we committed to, was faithfully participate in its ministries by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service. And when someone joins our church as a congregation, we confirm their reception in the church by renewing our own vows again. And this is what we say. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation, we renew our covenant to faithfully participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. When we take these vows, we become a member, a member of the local church, a member of God's church. But church membership, what does that mean? What does that, what's that mean to us? Because if we, if we have a membership to a gym or a membership to a club, it means we belong or maybe some people get to serve us. The church is not like that. The church is completely opposite. A membership to the church means we get to serve. Not that we have to serve, but we get to serve. And we get to serve. We need to have that mindset because of what Christ has done for us. We should have a heart to want to serve those around us in the church and outside. Christ came to serve. And we know that Matthew 20, 28, it says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but he came to serve. Many, I don't know how much mission work you guys do locally, but I promise you this. Our church does wheelchair ramps and different things uh, on occasions. And I promise you, I've been involved in some of those. I promise you, when you go to serve somebody and bless them with a project or something that you're serving at, you will be blessed. They're going to get blessed from what you've done. But in return, I've never been involved in anything like that where I didn't come back more blessed than the person that I was uh, doing the project for. It's an amazing dynamic. But as we age, serving can be a little more difficult. Maybe there's some seasoned members here that have found they cannot keep serving at the capacity they have for the last few decades. And some of us honestly have served for several decades. I believe that as a member of Christ's body, we never get to retire. However, maybe we need to realign some areas of our servanthood. If you're 80 years old, obviously you probably shouldn't be up on the gutters or up on the roof cleaning gutters on church workday. Maybe your role changes to something less strenuous like becoming a prayer warrior for the church. This is a powerful part of the church that needs a lot of energy given to it. Again, we all have a part in the vitality of our church. Why is it so hard to fill our church with servants? And this was an area that, again, I felt like we might have been struggling in a little bit. I believe part of the problem is us. 
Maybe we're afraid to ask new believers to take part in a ministry team because we don't want to burn them out or we don't want to pressure them. When in fact, I've literally had new people say, how come nobody asked me to do anything? They want that inclusion. They want that ability to help serve, but nobody asks them because we don't want to burn them out. Some of us may think they're too young. Maybe the kids are too young or maybe they're not ready for that. Maybe it's easier to complain about being the only ones working instead of trying to fix the problem. There's dozens and dozens of ways to serve inside the church. A simple one is wash dishes after a church function. Again, when we're willing to give our time, when we're willing to give our talent and our service to the church, you will walk away with a blessing that will give you contentment and true joy. As your church continues to grow, encouraging your members to share their gifts, talents, and time serving here at Stoll will help spread the work out. If that doesn't happen, then having a shortage of servants will be a pain for the few, and we've experienced that, unless we encourage our congregations to serve as God has equipped us, and we make it a priority to equip new members to work alongside us in one cohesive, joyful, functioning, united, healthy body. Thanks so much for letting me visit with you today. Thanks for letting me share um, what I feel like God's put on my heart. I hope that I've been a blessing to you. I hope that I've encouraged you that at least you would know one thing. You are vital. vital. God bless you and your gifts as you explore them and use them for his kingdom here on earth. Amen. Amen.